Welcome, everybody, to an episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with my brother, Jordan. Yes, and today we are covering Words of Radiance, Chapter 23, all the way down to whatever it is that the interlude ends at. It's like I-8 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I-8. So we're finishing off Part 2, essentially. So from Chapter 23, finishing off Part 2. And my... My, what a part. Um, you, you do enjoyed this part then? Sorry? You enjoyed this, this I part did. of the... I did. This, this section was, um, if, to be honest with you, maybe it's a recency bias talking, but I think this section that we're covering right now is probably my favorite section we've covered in Stormlight. Yeah, like, so, so I will say that I did listen to some of Lost Metal, and I do, my I can tell my brain is more in the Stormlight archives, um, mentality mm-hmm. you know because i'm like i'm like man why is he just sucking storm like it's like oh wait we're not in that universe right. anymore. In, and i think um <clears throat> obviously i love mistborn uh my loyalty will i will pretty much always be loyal to mistborn simply because it got me back into reading after 10 years but um you can see like you said you know that you can feel the tonal difference between mistborn mm-hmm. and stormlight stormlight just feels like more of an epic fantasy because it is an epic. It fantasy. is yes, yes. Um, it's not like a steampunk. <laughs> at right, least, at least the the later series. Right, and I mean, with epic fantasy, it's weird. Like the setting can be whatever they want it to be, but what makes it epic is just like you know, sprawling world, um, visiting many different locations, uh, different cultures. Uh, geographies, history, yep. uh, a lot of characters, a lot of different moving parts at the same time, like like yep. like Game of Thrones, right? Like you you're seeing it. It's almost like there's no. I hate to say this because it's not true. It's almost like there's no main character, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're following the uh, the plot of so many characters at the same time. Now, obviously, right. Stormlight has a main character in Kaladin. Game of Thrones has a main character in Jon Snow, but you're just following so many in this at, at the same time and you're getting right. constant updates of different characters even minor characters like it's a flush uh, of new content almost yeah 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 you're and you're constantly updated about what's going on around the world one way or another um that it just it just feels and i really hate saying this phrase because ign has ruined it a living breathing world and ign yeah they say this for every open world game and it's, oh it's become a very watered down phrase amongst the gaming community. I can only imagine because they they, they throw it on, around for like every single open world game, even like poorly made open world games. <laughs> yeah, new world. Yeah, great. Yeah, living breathing world, living breathing world. It's like, dude, like these NPCs have like no expression to them, and they don't react <laughs> to anything going on around them. Um, but yeah, so this section, man, it's just. This is one of the things I love about Sanderson is he does both. He he um, posts questions and introduces mysteries to the reader that will be answered like in the long, like over the long haul, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then he also introduces questions and mysteries that get solved rather quickly. And I like having both because right. I really hate it when like the author's just like, okay, I've got, okay, reader, I've got a 10 book series for you. All right. I'm going to introduce to you questions throughout the 10 book series and you ain't getting answers until the final 30 pages of book 10. Yeah. Great. Like, makes me just, mad. <laughs> dude. Like, 
And and sometimes I don't want to say it never works. Sometimes I feel like it could work if you are a really good author and you're making those 10 books engaging and enjoyable and whatnot. Who am I to say that that's the wrong way to do things? But right. if your entire, entire, like, enjoyment of the series comes from just that one aspect, that mystery, mm-hmm. you got to give me more. You got to start trickle feeding me some of the answers. Like, I can't wait right. to, like... You know, end a 10 book series, 30 pages. Um, I know it. I know it. 10 book series. And then, you know, it's not as bad. It's not as bad as, uh, uh, what were you reading? I can't remember the name. Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time. Which is good. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, Maybe we should, we'll talk about that a little bit later. I did want to talk about that on the podcast, but we do have a lot to get uh, through here. So anyways, let's go ahead and get started. Um, The assassination attempt on Elokar, mm-hmm. they're starting to become very blatant. Blatant and also they're also very so so convoluted that it's like, dude, there's so much that can go wrong here that I, I feel like because you don't want to commit hard, you just you, like it's like there's so many moving pieces, right? Like so in a if you want a good plan Mm-hmm. If you want something to go off, you need to limit the amount of moving variables, right? The limit yeah. the amount of things that you're relying on. Like I'm relying that this train arrives at this station at this time, and and I'm uh, assuming that this uh, I don't know uh, package carrier uses this route for sure. And if the, like there's so many, there's so that, and that's what I only introduced two. Like for him. Saying that, like, okay, I'm going to cut, like, the bars just enough that Elokar has to step out and he has to lean over. Not just step out, he has to lean over at a specific bar, right? Because it's not like he weakened all the bars, to my understanding, right? Right. It was just, like, a section that – and yeah. the funny thing is, is, like, how did you know that's where he's going to stand within the exactly. next whatever day? Exactly. Like, what and if then, a Bridgman walks out? Exactly. And on top of that, what if he's wearing shard plate? Because he is a lot of times, right? Right. And he and falls then he can over. Take the fall. Yeah, he can absolutely take the fall. So like now, now you've just put him more on edge. And then, so this is what got me thinking: What if he is trying? What if the assassin guy is trying to get caught? Like these um, attempts caught, and then he's just trying to put him more on edge, more on the defensive, so he right. can continue to work in the backgrounds, right? If you, right. Um, for any of you who've seen The Office, uh. He does this, uh, Dwight does, where he intentionally gets caught with a listening device under a duck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, he you brought know. that up. <laughs> and then he put it into the pen, right? He's just like, he right. intentionally got caught with the obvious one so he could hide his true uh, right. uh, a plant, which I think is, is that it, I, I'm just wondering, you know, I'm not saying that that's what's happening here, but I'm just wondering if that's what's happening. Um, the other right. thing, um, I don't know if this is like a red herring by Brandon Sanderson, but like uh, him intent, he very intentionally put the, uh, the suspicion on Moash, right? Because he's right. like, oh, but Moash doesn't have a shard blade. And now we're just like, as a reader, it, it's so blatantly obvious that I don't want to fall for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 
it, but it did get me thinking because we know that Moash is hunting some light eyes. He he has right. a vendetta against one of them. Yeah, we just don't know which. But it does make me question, like, what if it is Elokar? Or, you know, what if it is Gavilar, but he's just like, all right, well, Gavilar's dead, so I'm just going to have to go for the next best thing. His son. But, like, my thing is, is, like, what what is, I mean, I guess Alucar could have done something, like, law-wise that screwed over something that he was doing. You know what I mean? Like, what would make this child so needing to, like, hurt this person? Okay, quick question. Is Moash a child? I just said child as oh, in okay. like, um, um, gotcha. yeah. I was like, wait, have I just completely misinterpreted how old this guy is? Uh, but anyways, could yeah. No, uh, yeah. So what do you think it could be? Like, if, if Moash is hunting, because I personally think Moash is hunting a light eyes that we know. If, I don't think it would make much sense, or if not necessarily one that we know, one that's like important enough that we've kind of heard from, heard of on the side. Maybe it's Shalon's family or something like that. We don't know. But I'm it's just saying true. that, like, I don't imagine that Sanderson would introduce a vendetta, like a vengeance pact for Moash. Right. Against a character that's just we don't know, know nor care for. It yeah, it's not, like he's not an important character. Yeah, well, he's not going he after is, High but... Prince Aladar, most likely, right? Right. Because Aladar is like, for us, the reader, he's nothing. Right. Um... So that that he that's definitely piqued my interest. I didn't think that we move forward so quickly with Moash's, uh, you know, <laughs> vengeance pact. But yeah, it's vengeance pact. But I mean, if that's what you could call. It, I mean, if that's what you call it, yeah. But I don't know. I just I just feel like there's going to be more to that story than Anderson's letting us off to believe. Yeah. No. No. I I hundred percent agree. Um. So, Shalon, the way she handled the, oh, I'm getting attacked, uh, you know, uh, the the bandits, the deserters. Mm-hmm. So, the way she's handling it now with uh, v- Vanta, Vata, Vata, okay. Vata. Vata, yeah. I, I kind of like it because she's just, she's really embrace the yasna mm-hmm. in her and she's yep. learned a lot from her but I, what i think is really important and this is again gonna sound like unsolicited advice because it kind of is when you look at people who are confident majority of the time you don't you because we don't know what's going on inside of people's heads right right when people are confident majority of the time in their heads they're they're questioning themselves like man I really right. don't know. Yeah, it's, I really don't know what I'm doing. How can I? What am I doing here? Like, why did I sign up for this? Like, do am I really talking to this bandit right now? Right, right. this deserter, this soldier. Uh, but you know, she just tells herself, "Okay, just you know, make make a face, make an arrogant face." You know, just how would Yasna handle this? Sometimes it's just, it, it it really is just like a fake it till you make it kind of thing. I agree. I definitely agree with that, and you know. She's kind of like gotten to the point where she understands that, like, hey, I'm gonna have to probably fake this, or you know what I mean? Or I get caught, yeah, yeah. And, and because, and to be to be honest, like, if she gets caught, she's dead anyway. So you might as well just 
go for it, right? Because if she didn't do it, they're gonna die. If she does do it and she succeeds, then she succeeds, right? So you know that's the issue. But um, so when Tin first gets introduced, she's kind of like a side character, and I didn't really think much of her. Then she got introduced kind of more seriously a little bit later, and I was like. So this is one of the things that does kind of get difficult, and it's a double-edged sword with epic fantasy, that certain characters will kind of get introduced, and it seems kind of minor, but then all of a sudden, they just kind of have a little bit stronger presence. And yep. I was like, wait a second, who was she again? And I had to kind of like do the search feature on, uh, on the Kindle to see when she came up earlier. Right. And she was nothing more than just a bodyguard of the caravan, but it turns out she's a ghost blood. Right, which and- is like... What did she do or have to do to get there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and not just the ghost blood, but she was the one behind the murder of Yasna. Right. And that threw me off because uh, the one of the benefits of us reading uh, such big sections now is that we can kind of... We got introduced to the character, and by the time we get to be suspicious of her, we already discovered that she's a ghost blood. And she, Shalon kills her by a freaking shard blade. Who called it? I, I know called, you it. called it. I know. So pattern is a sh- she can use pattern as a shard blade. So she's had pattern forever. So okay. So that part I didn't get. So is pattern her itself the shard blade that she has? Is that is that yes. how that works? So does that mean that Kaladin that that shard blade that's owned by Amaram is that shard blade? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. That mean because Amaram's shard blade. Remember. Amaram took it, and then he branded him a slave, and that's when Syl showed up. Yep. You remember when he was in the the the, the carriage thing? So Syl, Syl that spren is tied to the shard blade that that Amaram has right now because it's not quote unquote rightfully his. Right. But that begs the question: so Where is everyone else? You think Syl? You think Syl is? The other shard blade, the oath blade, the Oathbringer? Oathbringer, yeah. Sorry, no, Oathbringer oath is if you remember uh, Dalinar. Not oathbringer, I'm blade. sorry. So do you think? So you think that <coughs> Sprint is, or the Sprint? Sorry, <clears throat> losing it. So you think that Sill has something to do with the shard blade that Kaladin won? Yes, I do. Okay. I, and I literally just came to that conclusion right now because you ta- you were talking about that the pattern is kind of like tied to Sill's shard blade yes so if that's the case that begs the question where are dalinar and adolin and well i guess dalinar lost it to, or gave it up to uh what's his face Sadius. but shouldn't they still have sprint exactly so where are their sprint and does that and this actually kind of i kind of answer my own question in a way because remember Sill, she looks at adolin and she gets angry that like they're not quote-unquote supposed to have those shard blades it's like she, they're not respecting the shard. yeah they're not respecting the shard and because of that they don't have the sprint right and but, that that could very well be true all in the same sense but why though because we know that downar is pretty honorable and to for what it's worth so is adolin so where were their sprint like is are, is do you have to hit a certain level of honor like and i don't yeah, mean so this like, in a yeah, bad way against shallan yeah. But how he's not honorable. Yeah, she. I mean, she's not dishonorable, but like she doesn't have like. I wouldn't say she has the level of honor that Dalinar has. No. So it has to be. It has to be deeper than that. I would have to agree with you on that one. Yeah. You know, 
So I, I, I just think that um I think that there's more to the sprint and the shard blade bonding than we're letting it off to believe. Yeah. I think that there's more. Um and that's and and that's just saying that because obviously if they were if there was a case where they should have a, a sprint, where is the sprint? Exactly, you know? exactly. Or is it possible that they're just like so blinded by the war or whatever that they just don't even see it? Right. That too, that that's a good point, you know? Right, because I mean Kaladin is like he is and I really hate using this phrase just because like some of the uh, connotation that it carries, if he's like more spiritually aware, then maybe that's why Shalana and Kaladin are seeing this friend. And because yeah. of the, maybe the thrill, you know, the, the capital T thrill, that's kind of like covering up their eyes there. It's, it's not letting them see. Right. Right. And that, that could, that could very well be the case with, Maybe especially with Dalinar and Adolin, but, you know, see, and that's the thing, though. We never got the sense that Kaladin was a holy man or a believer of anything, you know what I mean? So, like, that plays a role in the in that aspect of things. Like, he never, it never shows any devotion to anything. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, no, devotion. Devotion. That's a name. That's someone. That is someone. Yeah, um, isn't that uh, a shard? I'm pretty sure that's a shard. I just don't I, know which. I thought it was the shard. Um, oh, is that uh, Warbreaker? I thought it was um, on Sill. I thought it was Elantris. Elantris? That could be true. Uh, um, but Kaladin does end up fighting Zeth, which... Oh, well, not just Kaladin. Kaladin, Dalinar, and Adolin fight Zeth, but Adolin is the only one wearing a shard, so Zeth incapacitates him instantly with the, the surge binding, or lashing, right? Yeah, he's like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. He's like, he just brought like a knife to a gunfight, basically. And, absolutely. And Kaladin just gets absolutely dispatched, and he like dives through the... F- fights him in the storm, essentially. And yep. Zill says that, that Zeth is not a Radiant, but something worse. Okay, so... And I'm just trying to piece together what we know, which, to be honest, is not a whole lot. Um, if Zeth, what if Zeth is kind of like, I don't want to say champion, but like almost like a herald of not not Tanavast, but of Odium. Odium? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that. And I, <clears throat> that's one of those things where we're going to have to wait and see almost, you know? <clears throat> because we know that Taravangian is almost definitely not serving Tanavast, right? Taravangian, that supposedly weak king, but he's like the one behind the assassins of all the kings. Right. Um, so and that's weird because, you know, Taravangian didn't seem like that when we were in the Shallan, um Yeah, when Shallan was in Harbranth. Yeah. We never saw that side of him, so we didn't... I didn't know that he was... It was know, in the epilogue, I think, right? When we find out because he's like bleeding people or something yeah yeah he's like experimenting on all of them and they're having like their final words and their final words is like something to do with like god's final words like tanavast's final words yes yes that's it but i don't know this is uh it's starting to come together and it's very exciting and that's one of the reasons i like this section so much 
is that the, uh, Tin was talking to one of her people over the span read, and then Shalon's like, oh, crap, let, let me just hide that. But it was obviously not fast enough, and yeah. Caught. Okay, so Shalon's... in the face. Shalon's... Okay, so if we're saying the Adolin and Dalinar, which is just a theory, of course, are not seeing their sprint because they're so caught up in the war, why was Shalon not seeing her sprint? Pattern. Not not seeing her sprint. Yeah, previously, she wasn't. Yeah, you know? yeah. Before all this, she only just started seeing pattern. It was right. This so, book? right. So what? So that again, that raises the question: Where has pattern been when she used the shard braid earlier in her life? When to... she killed her mother's lover, something like that. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Um, no, I have no idea. Well, maybe, maybe. What if it is like? Remember. Uh, her father, I think, like hypnotized her or like wiped her memory in some way. Oh, really? Okay, so maybe I didn't pick up on that part. Yeah, so but that would make a lot of sense. It, he kind of like made it to where anytime the subject gets approached, her mind kind of like just jumps to a different Buzzes. topic. Yeah, I don't but, know if it's buzzing or if it just jumps to a different topic or like just kind of just ignores any facts surrounding that topic. Um, but and, yeah, <clears throat> see, I didn't pick up on that part. Do you remember <coughs> what that was? Sorry? Do you remember where that was? That was like uh, during Shalon's flashbacks. Every single time. Uh, like I think there, she overheard some cooks or some chefs like, you know, in the in the castle or whatever talking about it. And she kind of like just her mind just kind of like moved past it. It, it was very true. strange. I think I think that's right. Which which is terrible because like you need to be able to get over that. Yeah. Um but the ghost bloods are looking into Uritiru, the the ancient lost city of the Radiance. Yeah, the Radiance. Yeah, man. I mean, and, and we as readers, I think we kind of assume that it'd be something like that, right? Right. But, uh, now the characters know about it, but it was kind of funny to see the Shallan run into Kaladin, mm-hmm. and then Shallan tries to play what is it the the Horn Eater Princess or something like that. Yeah, that was. Terrible. I am offend. That was funny. That. That chapter kind of cracked me up. I just I, like I like rock too much to be like I'm partial to rock, so like I don't know. Every, you don't like the posers. I don't like the posers, no. Yeah. Um, the interludes is where it gets so juicy because we get two of. Okay, I feel like I should know how to pronounce her name. Eshenai. Eshenai, yes. Yeah, she is the. Prashendi Shardbearer, and yep. she goes into the High Storm, and this is when we find out that they can change their forms, like, you know, war form, work form, or whatever it is. They can change their form only in a High Storm, seemingly. And so she changes into what I think is Storm form, but it's Red Lightning, which I assume that means Odium? Yeah, I was kind of picking up on that, too. So But I'm she's thinking... not possessed by Odium. It seems like she's still kind of have her, has her wits about her, but I right. don't, there's something, I don't know how to explain it, but there's something there. Um, Zaheer gets, uh, oh, Zaheer. Zaheer, what is I that? I saw them Zaheer from Legend of Korra, that, oh, gosh. the airbender, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, he was a sick villain. <clears throat> he, yeah, he was a good villain. Any of you guys who watched Last Airbender, please watch Legend of Korra. Because, my God, they got some banger villains. Um, 
But Z- uh, Zahil, Zahel or Zahil? I'm going to call him Zahil because that just sounds so much cooler. Zahil um, is suddenly woken up by Kaladin. He's like, please teach me. I actually do need to learn how to fight Shared Bear because he got embarrassed by... Style? By, uh, what was his name again? Seth. I think his Z- name is... Zetso. Yeah. What is it? Zeth. Zeth, son of, son of Shinovar or some yeah. shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny because he's just like, there's two men in this room. One is going to get really grumpy if he gets waking up in the middle of the night. The other is happy to teach, but, you know, during daytime. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was funny. But Zaheel is someone important. I don't know if he is from Alethi, and that's why he doesn't know, quote, their language properly. Like, he uses, he speaks in metaphors, and he says something like, these people and their language or something like that. I, I'm going to... I'm gonna make a bold assumption uh bold prediction i think he's a world hopper now you i think don't Zyle is a world hopper <clears throat> yeah now i don't know if it's a world hopper that we uh seen before mm-hmm. or because i don't know timeline wise when these books take place in relationship to each other the cause the greater cosmere i mean like does miss warren take place after stormlight chronologically or is it happening at the same time as Stormlight? You know, we ju- we just don't know. Uh, at least I don't know. Um, right. But Zahil, when he first started, I was like, something's up about him. But then they were like, oh, he's just training. So I'm like, I kind of just dismissed him. But this interlude gives so many specific <laughs> breadcrumbs that I, I don't, uh, I can't ignore it easily. Right. Um. The other interlude that I really liked, I mean, I liked all of them. Uh, yeah, they were they were good interludes. Yeah, and- these were the best interludes as well. That's also <laughs> another thing that kind of elevated the section that we're talking about right now. These interludes were just fire. I agree. I agree. Um, but Alucard now- is inter. This is this is interesting because the way it started, I was like, oh my god, is this going to be another one of those interludes where I have like no idea what's going on and I just like dismiss it? None of these names have ever been seen before, type thing. Yeah, and then it's like, oh my, oh my god, who's Borden now? And then like they started saying Alucard, like, where where did he come from? Where? And then like, oh okay, so this is Town Town. He gets captured or turns himself in i don't know exactly know or he gets brought to elicar and dalinar is there as well and they're like interrogating him and he's just like you know telling him like oh i can teach you i can train you i can uh you know prepare you for the upcoming war and whatnot he's like speaking in like old old alethi tongue which mm-hmm. dalinar i think knows somewhat of so he's like picking up on some of the words and yeah and he's basically saying like you know it's too late i, I i'm too late i, I I failed or whatnot. Right. But, and I, I, oh my God, I really wanted to pull up the final line because it was just, it, it was honestly haunting. And it wasn't of the, the town one. It was of Eshenai when she kind of wakes up and she has like red lightning. Mm-hmm. She pointedly ignored the deep within her, the, uh, the voice deep within her that was screaming in horror because I'm pretty sure that is in reference to, uh, I'm pretty sure that is in reference to uh, Odium and Tenevast. I, I have a feeling that if most 
Most likely. Most likely this is like Tanavast. But he's kind of dead, so that kind of defeats that um, theory a bit. But... I mean... <clears throat> yeah, it, it has to be... Because, again, <clears throat> you have to look at what factions we have already. Like, we, we keep hearing about these Voidbringers, right? Mm-hmm. So, my thing is, is that... That that has to be of odium, correct? I think so. Uh, I think it's probably odium. Yeah, I know there's I... another one like cultivation. I think on Roshar, but we don't know much about him or her. Um, there is oh, right. one thing that I do want to say in chapter twenty three. Elakar was ranting that nobody took his safety seriously, that nobody listened, that they should be looking for the things he saw over his shoulder in the mirror, whatever that meant. I can. I'm willing to bet my firstborn that that is that would be same, two of them by the way. Yeah, that would be the two of them by the way because I do have twins. Um, see, you see how I made that deal? Like, buy one get one free. Um, <laughs> that the things that he's seeing over his shoulder is the same like geometrical creatures that uh, Shalon was seeing in her drawings. Yes, that I. Yeah. I mean, I, I think. I don't want to say obvious, but it's just I can't ignore that. I mean, yeah, I, I, there's not much to say about that, but but besides, you're you're probably. I mean, you're right. You know, I yeah. Uh, there is one another. Uh, I'm just going through quotes at this point that I thought were mm-hmm. like interesting to highlight on chapter 34. It says, though unlike some sprint, this is talking about referring to pattern. Though unlike right. some sprint, he could not vanish completely. Why? Is it because she could not vanish completely to her? Like, it from her perspective? And she can see him because he's kind of like, quote unquote, bonded to her? That's what I thought. That, that, that's my that was my interpretation. Thinking. But I wouldn't be surprised if Sanderson just kind of like pulls her rug out from under us and he's like, haha. No, I got not you. it. Yep. Because um, he does those things. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. He's brilliant at it. Um, there is one from the interlude. Um, and this is from the Prashendi perspective, right? Because it's from Eshenai. Mm-hmm. And he and she's talking about um, the Stormfather. This one, the soul of the storm, was the ones that human called humans called Stormfather. And he was not one of her people's god. In fact, the songs named him a traitor, a spren who had chosen to protect humans instead of listeners. To my understanding, Stormfather is not Tanavast. No. Right? So uh, if Stormfather is Odium, that means he's not a tra- he's a tra- he was not a traitor. He he doesn't serve either the humans or the Prashendi. Right. This is well, obviously it introduces like some per- not introduces some Prashendi history and introduces some like lore on that end. Right. But yeah, this is and it, it it gives it a little bit more of like, like beef, like meat. It yeah, gives meat. It more like it validity. Gives, and it, yeah, and it also adds a little bit to like the perspective, right? Because like from their perspective, they think that the humans kind of like think of the Stormfather in a positive light, which they do. But I wonder if that's been corrupted by I don't know the Ardents or something. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't it be? I mean, isn't that the nature? I mean, yeah. they're not. Maybe they're not corrupting. Maybe they're just withholding. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it could be a withholding of information instead I, of. 
yeah, I, and I get where you're coming from. Yeah, <laughs> there is one other thing. Oh, actually, maybe two other things. Uh, that this is what Zahil says. Blessed monks saw themselves as property and couldn't own anything, so they figured they didn't need locks on the doors. He's pretending to be an ardent, right? I because, 100% agree. That's the way he acts. Yeah. And there is one other thing where, yeah, actually, no, I already went over the language thing, but yeah, he, at least I'm pretty sure they kind of refer, everyone else referenced uh, Zahil as an ardent, right? Right. And here he is, like, that, that means he's masquerading as an ardent. Right. I'm on to you. I like your words, funny man. <laughs> I know. And the, the funny thing is, I'm I'm be honest with you, I didn't even know or I didn't um I didn't pick up on that until you just said something. Yeah. So now that now that I'm I'm gonna be looking out for that. Yeah, yeah, he he's sus. <laughs> he is sus. Um one the final thing, um, I promise. Eshenai, it was dude wearing his long coat. Eshenai, your eyes, yes, they're red. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. So uh spoiler for Bands of Morning. Bands of Morning, right? The people who killed Wax's uncle, I forget his name right now. Uh, they had red eyes. Yep. So does that mean it was Eshenai? Or does that mean it's just like Prashendu who've kind of become Stormform? Well, how did they get on and yes, that and then yes, of course. That's the next obvious question. Is like, okay, well, how are they also on schedule? So, haha, I'm on to you, Sanderson. Yeah, I know that, and I want. I've been waiting for that, like, for you to pick up on that. Ah. Um, yeah. So that's that's huge. Um, which, I agree. That means it's a Parshendi world hopper. Now, again, not necessarily Eshenai, but there is a Parshendi world hopper, right? Which so. means there's definitely something going on there. I I, I can't put a thumb on it, mm-hmm. but there's definitely there's something going on there that we need to pay more attention to um, as far as the parts of that stick out every time there's an interlude. Right. Um, I will say uh, for anyone who's listening and people are like, oh, my God, he's not. They're not part. I, I noticed this and these. These guys are these idiots. They're not uh, paying attention to this uh, particular plot point. This is an epic fantasy, that, and I guess we're idiots. There's a lot that we're gonna miss out on. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, we're we're gonna throw out so many predictions that we're gonna forget some of the predictions that we made ourselves. Right. Uh, and that's just the nature of this podcast because I can't sit here and seriously. Like decode if you decode the plot, well, that yes, that's cool. Sometimes it's also, in my opinion, turns out to be more fun when you figure when you actually just get the plot let twist. It happen. Yeah, just let it happen. In my opinion, it's way more fun. I think mm-hmm. making predictions is fun, but when, the people who sit there and I, I, I'm not taking anything away from them, it's impressive how sometimes, like you know, in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoilers for Game of Thrones, by the way. Um, they the people figured out that people pieced together from the books, not not the show, from the books that uh, Jon Snow was the son of Rhaegar and Lyanna. Right, yep. that's impressive. Me, I probably could have never done that. And to be honest, like I, I don't want to uh, sometimes. Right, if it's an obvious, then I'll pick up on it. And I'll be proud of myself. Ha ha! I got this obvious plot twist coming. Right, but personally, 
man, when you let it just come to you, though they did, they hit different. They really hit different. I agree. So I prefer doing that because it increases the enjoyment for the both of us in terms of, uh, you know, just enjoying the book. Right. So that'll about do it from us for that episode. Next time we'll be starting. Yeah. Oh man, this is awesome. We will be starting part three and my God, that is a long, long part. So let's go ahead and just do, okay. 35 to 58 is how long that part is. 23 <laughs> chapters, 24 chapters. So let's try and do, I don't want to bite off more than I can chew because I do have work piling up. So let's just do 35 to 46. Perfect. So thank you all for listening. That will about covered from us that episode and we'll see you all next time.